Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Abigail. We're sisters. And we believe in ghosts. Welcome to Supernatural Sisters, a podcast all about ghostly encounters, bone-chilling monsters, and basically anything that goes bump in the night. Each week, we talk about a haunted place, a legendary monster, or a story that sends shivers down our spine. And maybe we'll talk about the pottery scene from Ghost. He's not a ghost in that scene. There are other parts of that movie where he's a ghost. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And remember, we we believe believe you. you. What's up, you guys? I'm Catherine. And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays for the Ghouls. A Podmoth podcast. I'm so glad we're here together again, as always. Yep. <laughs> as we gather here today <laughs> in, the, in the weekly Mowage. meeting of the Ghouls, <laughs> Mowage. <laughs> Mowage is <laughs> what brings us together today. <laughs> so, Ghouls and Ghouls. Today is Catherine bringing you a movie. Woo! And from the title, I think you know what movie it is. Y'all ready to die hard? You ready to die hard? <laughs> yes. Um, it's everyone's favorite Christmas movie. Don't get me. Don't get me. All of you people who think it's not. Everyone's favorite Christmas movie, Die Hard from 1988. <laughs> <laughs> the now, Grinch stole it. Who? Like, what? <laughs> Now, everyone who just like had a panic attack while they were in their car listening to our podcast or whatever it was when I said it was the greatest Christmas movie, you know what? I see you and I hear you. <laughs> no, she doesn't. I you know what? Actually, I do. And I think we're going to find out later later in the little little episode of exactly how I see and hear you. <laughs> so, we also if you aren't able to stick around till the end, we want to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas and a whatever else you hol- celebrate. Happy whatever. <laughs> happy Merry whatever the fuck. Happy Merry whatever the fuck, as we like to say in this t- part of town. But this episode will go out on Christmas Eve. So if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. And if you there don't, you happy have a day. <laughs> happy have a day. <laughs> have a day. <laughs> have a treat on me. <laughs> I'll Venmo you guys $2 to go get a Dr. Pepper from McDonald's. <laughs> uh, do you guys just want to get right into it? And when I say you guys, Haley, do you <laughs> hop right into it? I'm ready to die hard, baby. Die hard. Only way you know to go what, out. You know what they always say? <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay. Haley, I want to give you your five minutes it's not going to be five minutes, though. Please don't make it five minutes. <laughs> uh, two, give me a Haley synopsis. The short version. <laughs> I was going to say, Haley synopsis are god-awfully long. <laughs> Haley synopsis are, like, almost the whole episode. <laughs> You're like, don't worry about watching the movie. I'll just tell it to you start scene by scene. <laughs> right. Now, we, first of all, before we get into the movie, if you haven't seen Die Hard, Go see Die Hard. It, it, it's been out for over 20 years. If you if you wanted to watch it, you would have watched it by now. So. It came out in 1988. So. <laughs> you, have, you had all the time in the world to go see Die Hard. So, Haley, go for it. 
sad man on plane, big ass teddy bear. That's it. That's all he brought with him. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> Toe curl. <laughs> Just, you guys are going to have to piece together these words. <laughs> Toe curl. Anxiety. Shows up at wife question marks work. Big industry. I don't know what it's for, but they make lots of money. <laughs> wife question mark works there. There's some office party happening, right? All of a sudden, German men come in. <laughs> and uh, they decide to uh, take over the building. And uh, Yipikaye, motherfucker, uh, bang, bang, they all die. <laughs> sweaty, sweaty uh, Bruce Willis, that's also barefoot, the entire fucking movie, kills everybody. Death, death, autoerotic asphyxiation, death. Not that. Death, R.I.P. Alan Rickman. Yeah. <laughs> so now that you know oh. everything that's happening <laughs> in Sorry. Die Hard, I don't need to tell you anything. <laughs> Sorry. Bing, bang, boom, fire. Or this is Catherine's version, okay? Sad, divorced family, office party, terrorist. <laughs> boom, boom, bang, bang, death, fire, sweaty feet, bloody feet, fall to death. You know Happy what? Happy Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs> you know what? That's probably not far off of what I would have said, and th- that sounds darn near poetic. I've been listening to a lot of Catherine Synopsis. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that's pretty pretty on par. Woo! So, now that you guys know everything, uh, you have a great night, and Merry Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> the synopsis that Haley gave you there was missing a lot of like the key internal words of the sentence. <laughs> I hope you know what the hell she's saying. So let me give you a little bit of a better synopsis. I'll, I'll go fuck myself then. It's fine. <laughs> so I, <laughs> no, you're fine. That was perfect. <laughs> it's, it's basically everything I give you. So <laughs> it's just desserts for me. <laughs> So I take notes during the movie because I've got big goldfish brain. And if you could see these notes, I don't think I could even tell you what happened during the movie. (laughs) These notes. I also got so enthralled in the movie. (laughs) I stopped. (laughs) Halfway through the movie, I stopped taking notes. (laughs) So we meet John McClane on an airplane. Right? Right? Right. I said, uh huh. Yes, right. <laughs> Sorry, I forget they can't see me shaking my head. <laughs> it's I was like, an audio performance. Okay. <laughs> so we meet John McClane. He's a New York cop. Takes no shit. John McClane. There we go. He meets this guy on the airplane. And this guy says, you know how I how I do after I get off of an airplane? Wherever I go, I take all my shoes and socks off, and I just grip the floor with my toes. Helps ground me. Helps me feel like it's not as bad, you know, blah, blah. Now, I completely glossed over that fact when it happened in the movies. <laughs> I was like, why are they even saying that? We find out later. So anyway, John McClane gets off of the airplane. He meets his driver, Argyle. Oh, Argyle's my favorite character in this movie. Anyway, 
Argyle is his driver and he takes him first to the holiday party uh, where his wife is in her place of business. They're like in this weird, like kind of separated, kind of still married, eh, you know, complicated, right? It's complicated, but uh, we meet a bunch of, uh, I wrote here, dumb suits, <laughs> like her coworkers <laughs> and stuff. And her, we meet her boss who's the president of the company and uh, her coked up coworker. Ellis. Ellis. Yeah. His name's Ellis. Uh, I was hoping that you knew his name because I did not get that one. He's a piece um, of shit. <laughs> so he uh, sees his wife, blah, blah. She still loves him. He still loves her, but there's definitely some tension there. So she has to go give a speech and he's kind of, Freshening up in the restroom, uh, the private bathroom of her office, which means she's a head honcho. She's mm-hmm. type of the we line. Love, I bet you. We love honestly, an independent she, woman. She's a strong independent woman, and she don't need no John McClain. She's probably the vice president. Yeah, she. I think she is well, because the v- president is her boss, so mm-hmm. she would be the vice president, I guess. Anyway, mm-hmm. so. Uh, He's, you know, washing off the airplane from himself. He's in his his nice wife beater and his pants that go up to his, like, rib cage. Um, <laughs> and while she's going and giving his speech, he takes his shoes and socks off. And he starts gripping the floor. And, uh, uh, you know, seeing if that guy was had any truth to what he was saying. And then shots fired. <laughs> shots are heard around the world. Or at least in this tower here. <laughs> so now, John McClane, in a wife beater and no shoes, no socks, must now come up with a plan. His plan did not include putting his shoes on, which really would have helped him, to be mm-hmm. honest. <laughs> yeah. Helped him quite a bit. And so the shots fired are from these Germans who have come in and are trying to steal something that we don't know yet from the company. So they take hostage the president and says that he wants the $6 million that's hidden in the vault and asks the president to give him the code. And the the, the guy's like, even if I give you the code, you're not going to get in. And he goes, do you want to test that theory? If, if I'm not going to get in, just tell it to me. And he doesn't tell him and he gets shot in the head, which mind you, it's, a very, very, like, gruesome death. That's a it's lot of blood. Fast. It's very fast. It's very fast, though, yeah. It's he not was, he, long drawn out, but it's still pretty pretty gruesome. He was like, well, I guess he was like, you're just gonna have to kill me. And, like, didn't even finish the sentence. He's like... Phew. Hans Gruber takes no seconds to think. <laughs> not one. John was on the phone when they cut the power to the to the building with Argyle, but he gets disconnected prior to that. So he's hoping now that Argyle's called the police. Argyle has definitely not called the police. Argyle Dude. has done fucking nothing. He's in the back seat with a teddy bear drinking and, and listening to music. So, he's like, he's like, you know this number, y'all call it. If he needs it, he, he knows it. Yes. <laughs> He's living his best life. He's truly living his best life. So then John says, you know what? I'm going to pull the mar- fire alarm so that the emergency vehicles come and 
you know, we can get things going. So he pulls the alarm and the Germans have already intercepted like the, the signals and stuff. So the security guard, the guy who's pretending to be a security guard, but he's already killed the security guard. Anyway, the security guard calls them and says, yeah, we have a, an emergency and then calls them and says, never mind." from like their head honchos. I don't know. It was weird, but they turned around and left. Then John runs into his first German lackey. And this is where John McClane gets his first machine gun. Mm-hmm. He's like, now I have a machine gun. <laughs> um, and so he, the German lackey gives him a run for his money, but obviously John McClane wins. Um, <laughs> looks like Jeffrey also, Dahmer. He also, tr- yes, he did look like Jeffrey Dahmer. At least... He looked like the Evan Peters version of Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> yeah. And then he uh, he did try to steal this guy's shoes, but he said that his feet were smaller than his sister's, so he couldn't fit their shoes. So uh, they sent he sent the guy down the elevator with a message on his shirt that said, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. So then John McClane gets in contact with the police via a radio that the guy had on him. And uh, the police are like, there's nothing happening there. We already tried to send someone, but they were like, it wasn't a thing. This is this is a, against the law to use this line, blah, blah. And he's like, just send the fucking police. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Anyway, so long story short, they send good old Carl Winslow. Now, I know his name's not Carl Winslow, but he plays Carl Winlow, Winslow, who's also a cop. So. Uh, his name's Al in the movie, though. And uh, he his real name is Reginald Vell Johnson, though. But he plays Al in the movie. And he he goes and he's like, look, and he's like, looks fine to me. The building looks fine to me. There's nothing wrong here. And so John McClane runs into two more wacky German guys. And uh, he wins again. <laughs> the... So Al, the cop, he comes and he's like, looks fine to me. I'm going to go in and check, though. So he goes in. The fake security guards at the desk like, hey, just so you know, we're good here. We don't need any help. He's like, is it okay if I look around? He's like, yeah, sure. Well, anyway, he's like, looks fine to me. He like takes like five steps in, kind of looks around, then takes <laughs> leaves, starts leaving. Doesn't take a very hard look inside. But anyway, John McClane sends him a message via body from the sky down to his car. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, he is now very aware that something's wrong. So he's calling in the cavalry and the cavalry arrives. And that's where I stopped taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) So the rest of it's off the top of my dome. Okay, so. John McClane is still inside and he's talking to Al, who's the only person he trusts out there. Do you want to know why? Because the other guy who's there, who's a cop, is the principal from the Breakfast Club. <laughs> and he's in the exact same costume and the exact same character, basically, as the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. So he's like just like this dumbass asshole cop who doesn't want to listen to John McClane. Granted, they don't know he's a cop, except for Al kind of has a feeling he is because of how he talks. They're trying to, like, (laughs) sneak up to the building. (laughs) Um, And they definitely don't, they don't do it. 
But you want to know, you want to know who sees what's happening right now? Finally, Argyle sees that something's going on. <laughs> Argyle, our driver, who, uh, who's been drinking and uh, having, having conversation with a teddy bear in the backseat, figures out, oh, there's a ton of cops here. So he drives into the, the parking garage and he kind of like hangs out there for a while. Uh, and so they do a lot of tactics that just make people get hurt. And the Germans get angry and, you know, make other people get hurt, like other cops get hurt. And then the FBI comes. The Federal Bureaus of Investigation. The feds, as they like to call it. And John McClane and all the other cops don't like the feds. And they're both named Johnson. So the Johnsons are here. And they're <laughs> like, we got this. Don't fucking worry. You guys are dumb as shit. And we got this. And they're like... I don't know, just like super cocky for absolutely no reason. Mm-hmm. So they prep for like a helicopter landing on the top of the the tower. John McClane is still fucking inside fighting bad guys. Just left and right, he's trying to live. And he uh, at one point gets into a big match with the guy whose brother he killed, the very first guy. That was his brother. And so... He gets in a big match with him. He ends up having to walk along broken glass with his bare feet. And that's where he, we come to the point where he's pulling glass out of his foot. And he's like, hey, Al, could you just tell my wife I'm sorry? And he says like the sweetest things about his wife. And oh my gosh, I was like, I was losing it. I've I've read way too many romance novels for that to have not been like a major plot point. (laughs) At this point, I think me and Catherine were just like, damn, Bruce was kind of hot, though. Yeah, I know. He was, like, saying these, like, super nice things. He was like, I don't say sorry almost ever. And so I, she really deserves me to say sorry. She's the most beautiful woman I've ever met. Blah, 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 blah. And we were like, wow, Bruce Willis is looking mighty fine. <laughs> <laughs> I um, <laughs> And, like, before this, like, the a few days before, we were, like, talking about uh, die hard and stuff and i was like you know i don't think i've ever thought bruce willis was hot you know like Mm-mm. i i mean like none of his movies have i ever been like oh damn and i've seen die hard before yeah nothing but that scene <laughs> just hit different yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and uh he's like not sure he's gonna make it because obviously he has blood spurting out of his feet and uh It's like one man against all the other Germans there. Fast forward, Ellis was like, you know what? I fucking got this. And he takes a bump of Coke and he uh, just goes in there. He's like, me and John McClane have been good friends for a long time. I can tell him to stop and knock it off. Blah, blah, blah. And John McClane's like, don't tell them that you know that you know me he's talking to them on the radio in front of him he's like that's so stupid and he's like john just like calm down like do what do whatever any ellis straight up dies (laughs) Mm -hmm. he gets himself killed because he's too cocky and um too coked out for the (laughs) for the well-being of himself (laughs) so uh then they find out that john mcclain and holly are married and they have two kids. So John McClane finds out that uh, there's a, um, the whole roof is, is set to detonate. 
and all of the Germans are bringing them up to the roof because they've gotten into the vault now and they're taking all the money. So they're sending all the people up to the roof because when they go up to the roof, they're saying, oh, you'll get freed by the helicopters. But what's going to happen is it's going to detonate and everyone on the roof is going to die. So he tries to tell Al and the, the, the cop guy's like, shut the fuck up, John McClane. You don't know what you're talking about. And uh, obviously not in that many words. So he went up there. He was looking for his wife. He was like, where's Holly? Where's Holly? Where's Holly? And her assistant was like, oh, they took her. And so he had to go find Holly. And so Holly was with the bad guys while they were trying to steal the money. And Holly was like, you guys are nothing but petty thieves. And John McClain devises a plan first. He's a thinker, if anything, at first. He devises a plan and he goes, I'm going to get this done. So he comes up and he has a gun in his hand and Hans is like, drop the gun or I'll shoot her. Cause he runs into him. There's only two more Germans left. He's killed everyone else. Or is there anyway? So <laughs> he, uh, there's just two more guys, Hans and the guy that's helping getting the bag of stuff. Anyway, John McClane has two bullets, two bullets, everyone. So here we are. He throws his gun down. He's like, don't shoot her. Throws his gun down. And then in a pure, pure blaze of glory, Hans gets distracted and he rips the gun off of his back and goes, bow, bow, and shoots the two guys in front of him. (laughs) Bow, bow. Bow, bow. And then there's this boxcar that they came in. And out of the boxcar comes an ambulance. And what they're going to do is drive away in the ambulance because it's not going to look suspicious. So Argyle is in the in the limo or the and he sees this ambulance come out of the box truck and he like rams into the car and uh, he takes care of that German Argyle. Mm-hmm. And then everyone comes out and everyone is safe and sound. But then that one last German that he like oh, strung up by his neck. <laughs> he came down and, <laughs> that's not what that is. I hope you. Autoerotic asphyxiation. No, he was just strangled <laughs> and hung. You, it could have. <laughs> it's not part of the story. Stop saying. That. <laughs> okay, oh, fine. So he comes after John, and he's like, "I'm gonna get you!" And uh, all you Ow. see is a gun go pow pow and knock him dead. And guess who it is. You already know Haley, but don't don't tell me. It's Your mom. Al. <laughs> it's Al, the guy he's been talking to on the radio, and he's very first seen in real life. Al has not shot his gun since he accidentally killed someone on the line of duty. So that was a really big deal for Al. And he saved John McClane, and everyone's happy. <laughs> so that's <laughs> Die Hard. In case you were wondering, you've now seen Die Hard. <laughs> you've now seen it. Haley, I bet you're thirsty for some fun facts, aren't you? I'm parched. I'm parched. (laughs) Dehydrated, even. Okay. Give me the fun facts. Haley, if you had to guess, what is the body count of Die Hard? What is the body count? Yeah. How many people died? Mm, I'll go with 15. You are very close. Damn it. 18. 18 people died. 
Now, that is nothing compared to the 164 body count that's racked up in Die Hard 2. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard 2 straight up went ham on the death. Just, I thought that was an interesting comparison. So, according to the most reliable source on the internet, IMDb, <laughs> this role, John McClane, has always been Bruce Willis's favorite role. Now, you're going to be like, that's just words on the internet. I sent him a message on Instagram, and I double-checked to make sure, Bruce Willis, is this your favorite role? And he blocked me, so I don't know. But I'm assuming so. I was going to say, if you pull this out of your ass that Bruce Willis fucking responded to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just a bit. The world may never know. Anyway. um, <laughs> Is is Catherine really blocked by Bruce Willis or is she just. <laughs> Let's play the game. Am I blocked or not? <laughs> <laughs> After this episode, I will be. Um, okay. Our next fun fact. Nakatomi Plaza is the headquarters of 20th Century Studios. Oh. The studio the studio used its own building so that they didn't have to spend a lot of money on like finding a place to film it and they could spend way more money on stunts and action. <laughs> and that's that was why smart, yeah. that's why this movie is such a good movie action-wise is that they got to spend all of their budget money of like location and they got to put, put that into their stunts and action. That's really smart. That's very smart. Bruce Willis had 17 undershirts in the costume department and various stages of degradation for whatever scene he was filming at whatever time. 17. <laughs> 17 different. Uh, it's like we got, we got undershirts. The, <laughs> it's like we got the, the clean white wife beater. Yeah. We got the kind of sweaty wife beater. We got the partial like gun wound yeah. wife beater. We got the tore up wife beater wrapped around your feet. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2007, Bruce Willis donated John McClane's undershirt to the Smithsonian Museum, too. Mm. So Number like, 16 mm. of like 17? <laughs> I don't know which one he donated, but he did donate at least one. <laughs> He's like, I guess you guys can have one while I have all the other. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the majority of the scenes between Alan Rickman and Bruce Willis in this movie were unrehearsed and sometimes even ad-libbed so that it would create more of a spontaneous feeling between them in the movie. And I thought that worked rather well. Mm -hmm. And... You know, at the end of the movie when um, Hans is holding Holly hostage and Bruce comes up and says, hi, honey. Yeah. he That line was completely improvised and was not actually expected when in that in that scene. So that oh, was okay. <laughs> Everyone's just like. Everyone's like, why is he talking? Um, <laughs> now, let's talk about Alan Rickman, the late Alan Rickman. Oh. Uh... Alan Rickman, this is his debut role as an it actor. Is? Yes. Alan Rickman actually almost passed up the role because he had only been in Hollywood for two days prior to landing this role. What and, the fuck? Yeah. And he was concerned 
that he was going to, by playing a villain in this movie, he would have to be a villain for the rest of his film career. I mean, he kind of was. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It was was a, a very valid concern to have because... He has been typecasted as a villain for most of his career. It's the voice. It is. It is. He also, I felt like his German accent was not very German. Um, and then Carl Winslow or Reginald Vell Johnson, um, our cop outside, he and Bruce Willis never met until that scene where they meet at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I love when movies do that. You know, like in Scream, Roger L. Jackson, um, no one had ever met him. So prior to the filming, so it was just a creepy voice on the phone, which helped them. And this one, they bonded over the radio, truly, even in the movie. I really, I really do love this scene when they finally meet for the first time and you just see like, it was like two best friends, like, it reminded me of like when that like long distance either friendship or couple they meet for the first time. Yes. It was so cute. I know. And it was like it's like their soulmate best friends and they would have never met otherwise because he's a California cop and Bruce Willis was an, a New York cop and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think they bring him back for one of the sequels when they're in New York. I think. Nice. Now, I have a segment of just Facts about Yippee-Ki-Yay, motherfucker. Yes! Because if that is not... (laughs) The most iconic... The most iconic phrase from this movie. Yippee-Ki-Yay, motherfucker. So, that phrase was in four other Die Hard movies. Die Hard 2 in 1990. Die Hard with a Vengeance in 1995. Live Free, Die Hard in 2007. Although... A gunshot kind of blurs the end of the line, but in the unrated version, you can clearly hear it says motherfucker. And then a good day to die hard in 2013. They all had yippee kaya motherfucker. And that, uh, that's, that's his yeah. signature. Yeah. In Yurdu, spoken in, in South Asia. The line is translated to here, eat this. <laughs> 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 which I think Here, is eat this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and that line on the 100 greatest movie lines in 2007 by Premier Magazine. And it ranked 96 on the top 100. Oh, I wonder what number one is. So number 100, which would have been the very last one, was uh, I See Dead People by Haley Joel oh. Osment. What? Also a Bruce Willis movie, though. Also, yes, that's true. That's pretty crazy. And our number one line from 2007 was, here's looking at you, kid, from Casablanca in 1942. Boo. Boo. <laughs> uh, the number two is, frankly, I don't give a damn by Rhett Butler and Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Boo. Okay. Number three is Rosebud. from citizen kane and number four is i'm king of the world but from titanic that's a good one okay i'm fine with that one we'll leave them we'll leave it on a good note i'm king of the world's number four all right now we're here we know all about die hard now 
we have gone back and forth and we have watched the movie. I very intently watched this movie yesterday looking for clues of why this movie is the best Christmas movie of all time. Okay. Okay. So if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, we put a poll saying, do you think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie? So the ranking for Instagram was 100% yes. Everyone on Instagram who voted, voted yes. Crazy. Now, on Facebook's where it gets crazy. <laughs> Which, <laughs> honestly, I feel like people on Facebook just want to make arguments. So I understand. <laughs> they just want chaos. They just want chaos, right. So uh, 68% say, said that, yes, it was. 16% said no and another 16 the last 16 said never seen it <laughs> that's crazy so we did get a few people that was like no absolutely not diehards not a christmas movie so you want to know what i want you guys to feel seen and heard okay i looked up reasons why people think that the are the movie the movie is not a christmas movie straight up not Okay, because the movie was not released during the holiday season, it cannot be a Christmas movie. That is simply false. (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. kidding. But I mean, I think that I didn't look into every Christmas movie, but I think that there are Christmas movies that are not released on Christmas or near Christmas. Mm -hmm. And there are non-Christmas movies that are released around Christmas. (laughs) Because families go to the movies on Christmas And they don't all want to see a Christmas film. So that is a weak argument, if anything. If you can't tell, Haley and I are both on it is a Christmas movie side. But I am going to give you guys a little bit of of, uh, lip here. So the next reason why is that Die Hard does not move anywhere beyond action. And it doesn't have any Christmas themes or storylines. And I would argue that again. because. Simply at its base, if you don't watch the movie and you just go by, like, what the synopsis is about, John McClane just wants to spend Christmas with his family. And he needs to complete the night here (laughs) to be able to successfully spend Christmas with his family. Does that sound like another Christmas movie to you? Yes. Yes, it does. It sounds like Home Alone. Mm -hmm. Home Alone is universally known as a Christmas movie. But you could argue that. Home Alone is exactly the same movie as Die Hard, but only if John McClane was a kid. <laughs> and the Germans were just some hobos, you know, right? Like, Yeah, they were the hobos. Really oh my down. God, this is like Home Alone. It's exactly like Home Alone. Kevin McAllister is coming up with, with John McClane. The, yeah, he's John McClane and all McAllister, over the place. McAllister, McClane? Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> It's exactly like Home Alone. If you think Home Alone's a Christmas movie, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. <laughs> and I would say exactly. that you ask anyone if Home Alone's a Christmas movie, it's yes. Mm-hmm. But I would argue if you think that Die Hard's not, that maybe Home Alone's not, and it's just set during Christmas time. And maybe Home Alone 2 is the Christmas movie <laughs> because that one's more centered around Christmas. If you think about it. And then Home Alone 3, not Christmas at all. Mm-mm. Not a little bit even. So 
Um, just so you guys are wondering, that's why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And if you guys needed a smidge more proof, I wrote down every Christmas mention in this movie while we were watching it. Ooh. In the beginning, when Holly is talking to her assistant, she says something along the lines of, you're going to turn me into Scrooge. Okay. Ebenezer Scrooge, night before Christmas, whatever. Mm-hmm. In the car on the way to the te- to the plaza, John McClane asks to play Christmas music in the car because it's Christmas time. Obviously, Holly is having an office Christmas party. There's Christmas as well. Now, we're getting to the, the juicy ones. When John McClane takes the machine gun and sends his little buddy down the elevator as a message, right? Mm-hmm. He says, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Who says ho, 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 Catherine? Who says ho, ho, ho? Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> um, Argyle, if you listen to the music he's blasting in the car, is Run DMC's Christmas in Hollis. That's Christmas music that he's listening to. In the um, When Al is getting the Twinkies for his wife at the gas station, the cop, um, he's singing Let It Snow. Let it snow, let it snow. The guy who's hacking into the vault cited his own version of Twas the Night Before Christmas and All Through the House. I don't remember his exactly to the words, but he did say his own version of that little tale. We see on the walls, as John McClane's walking through the building, that there's an unfinished graffiti that says Merry Christ, (laughs) which... Obviously would have been Merry Christmas if someone didn't get interrupted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rude. John McClane, when he when he hides his secondary gun, he hides it on his back with Christmas tape that has like wish you Merry Christmas and little hollies. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the movie, he wishes Argyle a Merry Christmas. And the last song that that sings us out to the credits. Is again, let it snow. Let it snow. Let, it, let snow. it snow. Let it snow. So, those are all the references that I personally found in my own heart when I watched the movie. <laughs> Lastly, 20th Century Fox formally admitted that Die Hard from 1988 was a Christmas movie, stating mm-hmm. that it was the greatest Christmas story ever told on the trailer for the 30th anniversary release of the film. So it's right there. If you don't want to take all of my hobnob suggestions, it's right there. Plain in black and white. 20th century Fox who made the movie says it's a Christmas movie. They said it. They said it. And if you look up Christmas movies in Google, Die Hard comes up. Yeah, it does for sure. And Google's obviously never wrong. Right. For sure. Uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to touch base with you guys one one last little tidbit before we hop on to the end of this podcast that there are other movies that are non-traditional that are also Christmas movies and my first one is Edward Scissorhands <laughs> this is a in the beginning the story is all about this old woman telling a story of how it always snows on Christmas and so that in and of itself makes it a Christmas movie. And it she tells the tale of Edward and how he's, you know, stuck in the tower and he meets the Avon lady and comes home with them. Um, and during the last 
you know, like the last half, they're preparing for a Christmas party. Edward runs into those unfortunate lies through the neighborhood about him and then there's the most famous scene from edward scissorhands where they're decorating and it's snowing and it's falling from the sky it's all in slow-mo and him and kim go outside and he makes an ice angel for her with his little skizzer hands and uh it's just the most picture perfect winter scene and if nothing bad happens at all <laughs> if that doesn't nothing bad <laughs> nothing bad happens ever so it's a christmas movie for the for the people who like tim burton it's a christmas movie <laughs> right, nightmare before christmas baby yeah <laughs> my next one on this list and some argue that it's a superior christmas movie to die hard and it's lethal weapon i've never seen that movie Lethal Weapon is also set during Christmas time, and it's a buddy cop movie. And people argue that it has more feel goods Christmas times than Die Hard does. I personally also haven't seen it, so <laughs> either I Damn have. It. I, think, I think I have seen it, but it's been a long time. But I don't really know. But the next movie I totally have seen, and I've seen it, and I've listened to the soundtrack endless. The next movie that is arguably a Christmas movie, I would say this one's kind of a stretch, but it's The Bourne Identity. And the whole Bourne series is not Christmas, but the first movie from the Bourne Identity series is set at Christmas time. I've never seen those either. Those ones are good. <laughs> from what I remember, I've seen them multiple time, times, and I think that those ones are quite good. It's about a man who wakes up, and realizes he doesn't remember anything. He has complete amnesia. And so he, but he does have a lot of like, hi-ya skills. <laughs> <somehow. Hi-ya>! <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like muscle memory. So he's trying to figure out who he is and why he, he's got the hi-ya skills. But he has no idea what he used them for. The whole, t- the whole movie kind of mostly takes place during like a ambiguous winter time. But towards the end, he's in this like lodge where there's lots of Christmas decorations. And it's obviously that's the time that the holidays would have been taking place as well. There are much less mentions of Christmas, though, than there is in Die Hard. (laughs) And then my last one that is (laughs) arguably, I'm going to say arguably one more time, arguably a Christmas movie, because I need you guys to sit with me for a second as I talk about it. And you've seen it, Haley. I've seen it. We've all seen it. If you're a millennial, you've seen it. And I don't want you to say no when I say it right now, okay? Mean Girls is a Christmas movie. (laughs) (laughs) Now, (laughs) let me let me let me level with you. I also think it's kind of a stretch. (laughs) A little little bit of a stretch, yes. Because only a small portion of this movie is technically during the Christmas time. But majority a lot (laughs) not the majority probably but a lot of the film standout moments happen during that holiday period of christmas time damien handing out candy canes saying calling people ho ho hoes (laughs) um (laughs) four for you glen coco you go glen coco (laughs) and the plastics obviously their performance of jingle bell rock and their little mini vinyl skirts 
but that's kind of where the Christmas festivities lie. <laughs> I would um, argue it's probably not really a Christmas movie if you like boil down to it. It's definitely not. But I thought it was funny to like see the thought process of like why people thought it was a Christmas movie. Um, but I don't technically agree with Mean Girls for sure. I'd say Die Hard for sure is a Christmas movie. I'd say Lethal Weapon for sure is a Christmas movie. And Edward Scissorhands for sure is a Christmas movie. Other than that, all the other ones are kind of like hearsay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just was looking at like other like non-conventional Christmas movies of like what people think are I non-conventional Christmas movies. But just just thinking of the fact that these are just a few of what people say are non-conventional Christmas movies, Die Hard is way more of a Christmas movie than those ones. Like if you if you watch Die Hard and then think about these movies, for the most part, Born Identity, The Mean Girls, like those ones are kind of like long shots. <laughs> mhm. I think that Die Hard is like one of the most easy ones to convince someone. <laughs> And I know that you really wish there was more, but that is Die Hard. <laughs> Truly, what are your final thoughts on Die Hard? If I I think it's a good movie all around. And yes, I agree that you can definitely watch it during the Christmas season and not feel guilty about not watching a Christmas movie because it is a Christmas movie. Yes. And just in case you're wondering, you never have to feel guilty about not watching a Christmas movie during Christmas time. If you want to watch whatever you want, you can watch whatever you want during the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is completely up to you and ain't nobody can judge you. I mean, they can, but you just got to stand your ground. (laughs) Haley, what do you rate Die Hard out of 10? Hard to take out the nostalgia factor of Die Hard. Yeah. I'll give it, I'll give it like a 6.5. 6.5. I was going to say I gave it a 7. I was thinking 7, but then I was like, that's a little high. It's a little high. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere between, yeah, 6.57 is fine. I think, it's, I think that it's a really good movie, especially for when it was uh, made. From the 80s? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It was made in the late 80s, so we're cl- coming up on the 90s, but they made a really good decision being able to uh, use all of their money on stunt money instead of mm-hmm. uh, location. location money. <laughs> so that was really good. Well, anything else you want to tell those boogie bits before we leave? I don't know if you got the chance to give them well wishes for the holiday. <laughs> I just... You know, I was- thanks for joining us today guys thank you Catherine. you're welcome for bringing us that die hard making us die hard laughing (laughs) you know (laughs) i was like doing research and i was just laughing because it was like (laughs) i thought it was funny anyway but thank you spooky babes for joining us today well spooky babes We thoroughly appreciate you and um, appreciate that you joined us today. And we hope that you had a good holiday, whatever you celebrate. And um, if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. 
the world is a better place with you in it. And I know that the holiday time can be really lonely for some people. And that if you are feeling alone right now, we are always around. It's really easy to feel bad and lonely right now. So just know that we are your biggest fans. And uh, if you ever need anyone, our DMs are always open. And it's almost the new year, babies. Spooky babes. So we will see you in your nightmares. Jingle bells, jingle Jingle bells, jingle all the way. (laughs) Bye, guys.